piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to episode 274. Welcome to Scarface. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The world is yours, and you're listening to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, available on wherever you listen to podcasts. But we're streaming live on Emma Productions' YouTube channel. I am your host, Juan, and I am joined by the cast, the crew, Edward. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Zach, how about you? Hey, what's going on, everybody? New episode, new month, December finally kicks off. Uh, guys, not everybody go at once, but how's your week been? It's been good. awesome. Awesome, been good. Good. Pretty the pretty the good. world has been ours this week, guys, this year. We only have four episodes left until a new year. Um, and I don't want anybody to think that we're taking any time off. We don't holidays. take no time off here. We don't take no time off. Every week, brand new episode. Um, Wednesday, 5.30. The days may be different, but we still deliver a brand new episode as we have for the past, going on five years, fellas. And we need sinking days off. Yeah, 2024 is going to be no different. Um, we're kicking the year off with a special film and a special <laughs> presentation. Um Zach, you want to let everybody know what we're doing this year, starting starting in January for next year? Yeah, if you were if you listened to us this whole year of 2023, we kind of did like last year, 2022, we did like a Denzel uh, kind of retrospective. We just did Denzel movies all the way through the year and did a top five plus five at the end of la- of 2022. This year, uh, we're going to do a Robin Williams theme. We're going to go through his movies, do the exact same thing at the end of the year, do a top five plus five Robin Williams movies. Um, you know, next year is the 10th anniversary of his passing. So we thought we'd honor the late great comedian actor. Um, I think all of us at some point have grown up with him, whether Hook or Jumanji or whatever. So it'd be cool to go back and look at those movies, look at his serious work, his comedic work and everything in between. All four here today. What? (laughs) Also joined by Craig. Craig, how you been doing, man? I've been oh. been all right. Been busy. Craig just now getting out of that uh, Colombian refugee refugee. <laughs> so what? he's uh, he he he's facing it up, getting ready to carve that fucking man like a Thanksgiving Day turkey, man. You know oh what I mean? Oh my god! I do I do this for fun. I do this for fun, man. So, uh, yeah. So that's what we're doing. January. Uh, we're starting the year off with Goodwill Hunting. A Robin Williams movie. Um, But yeah, guys, four episodes left of this 2023 year, and then we go on to the next. Um, But let's jump into it. Later on, we're going to get ready to talk about Scarface as it celebrates 40 years this weekend. Um, But a look back, guys, if you guys did not join us last week for Oppenheimer, um, actually the last two weeks, 
Uh, we talked the, the two highest grossing films of 2023. We talked Barbie two weeks ago, and then last week we we talked Oppenheimer. So um, go back and listen to those episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. If you feel like watching us, you can always watch us on Emiswa Productions right here on this YouTube channel. Um, or you can go back and, and watch us on, on Facebook Live. Um, so, uh, Ed, how can they get a hold of us on the social media? Uh, it's pretty easy, but we'll go ahead and put that down right here for you anyways. <clears throat> we got that Facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. That is the C-I-N-E-M-E-N Movie Podcast like it's always been. The Instagram is the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, spelled the same way, of course. On the X uh, C I N E M E N four zero five and email at the cinnamon or I'm sorry, cinnamon nine two one at gmail.com. That is C I N E M E N nine two one at gmail.com. Let us know what you want. Let us know some of your thoughts, man. Send it in. We love it. Uh, so guys, let's get ready to dig into today's episode. But first, before we do that, Let's get into some recent watches. It's, it's been a while since we all four have, uh, you know, had a conversation together. So, uh, Ed, let's start with you. Have you been checking anything out recently that you want to recommend or talk to us about? Uh, well, kind of, kind of watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Ho- Honey. Blood and Whores? Is that what episode? Oh, Honey. I was gonna say Blood and Horror, but Honey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Eh, it's a, it's a, it's a C-rated movie for sure man it's it's cheesy <laughs> is that being trippy. generous see uh, i'd say it's all right like did you it's uh, nothing did you did you watch it on the on the peacock yes i did i did i did check it on the cock you know uh our our good old buddies at friday the 14th didn't talk you into it did they because that's that's what they talked about last week i did not know they were doing it but funny yeah. enough i actually you know looked on facebook and popped right up i was like oh huh um, after that, uh, I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show 23 lately, so there's that. But uh, one that I did start just last night was the Squid Game. I uh, forget the X of it, but uh, the the real the challenge, if I'm not mistaken, Is that uh, the reality show. Yes, uh, part of it seems a little set up in some ways. Honestly, it's like. The Squid Games meets Big Brother in a way, and they mold together. It's not bad, but so there's a lot of fucking. Uh, so far that they've shown or talked about, no, but there is a lot of we need an alliance or this person, that person, and I'm gonna lie to them. Do the same. It like it's got a lot of elements from the show. Like they play the same games and stuff like that over it. Uh, same cheesy. choices. It is. It is. I agree. Um, it's not bad. It's interesting because you know you kind of start rooting for some people, and then some people that you're like, "Yeah, forget that guy." Uh, there was actually a guy who played uh, for Clemson in it uh, from 2020. Is when he left because he had a lot of, I guess, knee injuries. Uh, so I guess it was filmed in 2020 because he said that he left school to come and play the game, which they are playing for 4560000 uh, $4,560,000. So that's, that's the main things I've been doing this week as far as media and all that good stuff go. 
Nice, nice. Uh, Zach, what about you? you? Have anything you want to uh, recommend, or have you been on the binge of anything? How's Godzilla, uh, the Monarch show, been doing to you? Uh, Monarch's been pretty good. Um, it's just it's just weird how Godzilla can work on a small screen on a television show. Honestly, uh, most of it's the <clears throat> the acting and the characters that it's been really a really great show so far. Um, Do you go see minus kinda, one? Yeah. I was about to get in that here in a minute. Um, checked out Lord of the Rings, Return of the King for next week's episode, Sound of Freedom here in a couple weeks, and just watching some Christmas movies to get ready for our top five plus five. And then going into, like you said, Johnny, Godzilla minus one. Easily, arguably, probably the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. It's wow. fantastic. Did you see the trailer? Oh, Godzilla times Kong, New Empire. Yeah. yeah. It looks cool. It looks really that, cool. That, oh, Godzilla Millennium. Godzilla yeah. times Kong. So wait a minute, they're putting math into the movie. I don't they're, putting math, they're putting math in the movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, th there's a few extra things in there, little yeah. little guys, you know, and all. <laughs> Godzilla minus one. I highly recommend it. Go see it on the biggest screen. It's interesting. You go in wanting just Godzilla chaos, which the visuals, the destruction, everything is incredible. You walk out caring for the humans. It's actually a very very good human story. Mm. It's actually it, it takes place like right after the bomb, the, the atomic bombs and like Japan rebuilding and everything. It's, you know, it's a sequel to Oppenheimer, essentially. We just talked about that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, go, get, go check out Godzilla minus one. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll rapid fire through mine real quick. Um, I checked out Blue Steel from 1990 with, with Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Isn't directing. that the. Uh... Isn't that the Ben Stiller look? Blue Steel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah. 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 Um, Gone right over our heads for a second. I watched The Machine starring uh, Burt Kreischer. Super funny. Yep, yep. The Machine. Mark, Mark Hamill's in it. That's, that's the funny movie. I recommend it. Um, watched Fall. I've never... I, it came out in 2022. Yeah. Never sat down to watch it. I heard a lot about it, and it was—it's—it's it's one of those movies that even if you're watching it at home, you're on the edge of your seat. If you hate heights, you're just like biting your nails the entire time. Um, I recommend that. You hurt my feelings. The latest from A24 is a pretty fun movie. Uh, the Santa Claus, and then Scarface for today. So, uh, if I had to recommend anything, honestly, the machine is easy to access. It's on Netflix. Um. What is and that then movie even about? <laughs> the machine? Yeah. So in one of so, his comic skits, <laughs> he has a Russian story, you know. He he took Russian in college. Yeah. Oh. And the movie like is five years. The, the movie's pretty much based off of one of his comedy skits that he's told people numerous times. Oh, uh, okay. But it's funny. If 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 you want to laugh, you need to laugh, I'd I'd recommend it. Um I don't think Fall is streaming on anything. Um, of course, the Santa Claus is on Disney Plus. Um, and then go check out uh, Scarface. This is also um, streaming on uh, Netflix. So, uh, Craig, what about you? You check anything out this week that you want to recommend? Any gaming? Yeah, uh, I've checked out um, <clears throat> Elf. Checked out The Grinch <laughs> with Jim Carrey. Um, just kind of staples that we tend to watch during the holiday season. Um, true, true. I started the first episode of the Godzilla TV series and then just um, 
never never fell back into it not, not because it was bad or anything just um i always tend to forget about the shows on apple tv yeah um but uh been binging pokemon man been you know started with the Whoa. first season watched pokemon the movie pokemon 2000 um and i've been playing heavy into uh sword shield scarlet violet and uh legends of arceus so whole lot of pokemon going on and um watch scarface and i watched the marvels a couple weeks ago what'd you think i thought it was a fun time for the movie i don't think it was a great marvel movie but i had fun with it it wasn't as bad as everyone says it was was it no and i wanted to hate it and the funniest <laughs> the funniest the funny thing about that movie is uh Kamala Khan, which I didn't necessarily like the TV show, mm-hmm. she was the best part of the movie. Yeah. She yeah. I had a lot of fun with her character. She was well written. Um the the chemistry with her and Brie Larson was good, but she was the best part of the movie in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So, but uh that's that's pretty much it for me. All right guys, we are digging into Scarface. Currently, IMDb has it at 8.3. Rotten Tomatoes is at 79%. The Metascore is at 65%. While Edward and the Google users like it at 91%. Um, the budget was $30 million. It grossed a little over $66 million at the box office. With a December 9th, 1983 release date. In 1980, Miami, a determined Cuban immigrant takes over a drug cartel and subs crumbs to uh to greed starring al pacino michelle pfeiffer stephen bauer mary elizabeth masteranio robert logia um f murray abraham written by oliver stone directed by brian de palma um guys let's get into it. it it turns 40 in just three days um We'll start with you, Ed. Do you remember the first time that you watched this? What was it like then, and what was it like now with the recent watch for the episode? First time I ever watched, uh, it had to be like between 16, 18 years ago. <clears throat> um, so, I don't know, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Uh, I didn't understand a lot of it. Uh, I was cool. I knew about a lot, but I didn't really. I don't, I don't know. I didn't see the classic side of it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was good, but there's that. But uh, now, you know, growing and all that good stuff, uh, th- this movie is without a doubt one of the classics. This is a very, very, very well done movie, in my opinion. So. And let's not forget, this is a remake from the 1932 version of Scarface, um, where Paul Paul Muni played the great Tony in that film. Uh, Zach, what about you? You remember the first time you watched it, and what was it like? In a few short words, revisiting it for the podcast. So, <clears throat> this is a movie that, for a long time, I just kind of, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say, to, to, I had no interest in seeing. I just, I just. I guess I just ignored it, which I guess is the same thing. Um, I actually first time saw it was back in 2016, so about seven years ago. Um, and when you said we were going to do this episode, it just 
the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, you know, I get it. I get why people like this movie, you know, whatever. And I don't know, I guess it's just over the years, I guess just maybe my opinion of it has just faltered a little bit. But when you said we were going to do this, I was, how you're dreading Return of the King next week, This I was dreading this. I was like, I waited to the last possible moment to watch this. And I'll just go ahead and just jump to, jump to the gun. I mean, I I think this is a good movie. I don't think this is a great movie. I have not I have qualms about it. I don't, and which we'll talk about. But I, I, I get at the end of the day, I don't really understand why people love this movie so much. So before just, we get it, before we touch your qualms, uh, Craig, what about you? Do you remember the first time you watched it, and what was it like revisiting it for the episode? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, it's not necessarily a movie I gravitated to. Uh, as I got older, you know, I'd heard about it. A lot of people talked about it. Uh, finally watched it, probably senior year in high school or so. Watched it, thought it was a great movie. Bought it. Um, have it on Blu-ray, I believe. Um, watched it a couple times between then and now. And then watched it for this this showing, which I think it's been probably like Zach five or six years since I've watched it. Um, I thought I was going to really enjoy it. I, man, I, I, I watched it. I didn't have issues watching it, but at the same time I was like, this is not as great as I thought it was. So fair I'll enough there. And we'll, and let's dig into it. Um, I don't know. I, I always gravitate towards, the sleazy gangster throwback films, whether it's something like Godfather, this untouchables uh, Carlito's way, even if it's a bad gangster movie, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Like, you know, if, even if it's Don't, a bad, bad so review, you, you like the Shia LaBeouf movie, the tax collector. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. Um, I thought Shia LaBeouf was the best part of it. Um, even something like Al Capone with, with Tom Hardy, I, I, I gravitated towards it. And and we'll talk about it in here and here in just a bit, but um, I've always gravitated and liked Scarface, and I kind of was with you guys, you know. I was like, man, what if I don't like it this time around? Because it has been, uh, I think this 35th anniversary copy came out like five years ago, and I think I, I watched it then, and I'm, you know, I haven't picked it up since. So, um, but let's let's dig into it. Um, and you know what this mo this movie almost had a hard time getting made. You know, I think Brian De Palma went back and forth with the studio execs and with the with the rating company, and you know they were going to X-rate it, and you know they sent it back three times, denying him, and boom, he was like, you know what, let's let's get this whole thing just just rated, and he went with the version that he wanted, and it got rated. It's, it's an R rating. Some of the scenes are even hysterical almost, um, but right around 1980 when. You know the the drug war was going on. This movie got made and got put out. So, what do you guys think about the the opening of the the refugees and you know kind of like the documentary opening, and then you get to see Tony mm -hmm. and uh, you know the cop ask him, "How do you get a scar like that, man?" Yeah, I mean, it just uh, like you said, it starts out real documentary like, um, almost like they were really trying to base it to make it feel like it was actual events that happened, which, I mean, for the most part, they happened, but not necessarily Tony Montana. Um, <coughs> but, um, you know, the, I feel like the opening part of the movie is different than the rest of the movie. Um, I feel like 
after right around when they kill Renbenga, um, it, it, the movie kind of flips and it it turns from the feeling that it has at the beginning to to the actual movie itself. Yeah, because basically he uh, he assassinates someone to get green card come in and kind of goes into the drug trade pretty pretty heavily. <laughs> so after the stabbing and they meet Omar and they get the first job, that first job scene in the motel is, you know, at, at, even to this day I kind of forgot about that scene, but I rewatched <laughs> it. I rewatched it twice getting ready for today. And I'm like, man, even in a back-to-back viewing of it, I still kind of like... Cringed. Not cringe, but only like also just edge of your seat. Like, man, the chainsaw. Because when they whip out the chainsaw, you're like, this is kind of a little, a little comedical almost. Are they really going to use this thing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it picks up right away stating that, you know, the guys that you're about to get in business with are serious. And this yeah. is also where you kind of meet, you know, you kind of get the feeling of Omar can't be trusted in this scene right off the bat. Right. Because, yeah. uh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we don't want to do the lightweight stuff. We, you know, put us to work and let us let us do the big dog stuff. And, um, you know, they mentioned the Colombians and uh, right off the bat, he's like, all right, if you can get through the Colombians and we can do some stuff. But it was almost like nobody wanted to do that job because they knew it was a death trap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and the funny thing is, is like getting prepared for this movie. Like the one thing I remember from this is, I mean, I remember a chainsaw, but I remember like what to extent. So when we get to the the drug deal gone bad, that, like you said, Johnny, it's very, very intense. It's just very in your face. This is this t- type of line of work. And I like how uh, right off the bat, we just start losing people, whether it be, you know, his friend or, you know, whoever. It, he, they're minute characters, but at the end of the day, it really shapes who it stacks Tony, up. Yeah, who it shapes Tony Montana as a person. Zach, I wanted to bring this up to you because I know you're a big Spielberg fan. Watching the documentary for this, did you know Spielberg was on set for a few days and actually filmed a few scenes? Yeah, most notably the "Say Hello to My Little Friend" scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hysterical. I was gonna ask the you watched the De Palma documentary like a long time ago. Was it? Yeah. Did, did they have like a big uh, part about Scarface in that? Oh man, Scarface was was almost like his, uh, not his coming out party because obviously he had made so many movies before that. Right. But it was his, it was his staple of like, you know, uh, th- this is one of those movies that told me can't be done. It wasn't going to make any money, and it wasn't going to be remembered. Nobody wanted to go see it, but it ended up being the complete opposite. Yeah. You know, um, it, De Palma was so evision. You know, his his vision is just so like. Uh, common and i don't think it can be matched as far as what he wants in his movie he's not going to be told no yeah that's true and i i forget that he you know talk about De palma a little bit i forgot that he did the first mission impossible I, yeah. that just forget, slips my mind even going back to like the movie like a the movie blowout with john travolta how how risque that movie was back in like the 70s and now you're going all the way to 83 with scarface is like uh you know you well, should have and, known that this movie was going to be it was going to be dark. He was going to throw whatever he wanted in it. And a lot of people give De Palma credit for the one-liners in this movie when in all honesty Oliver Stone wrote it. So yeah. every single all the dialogue you hear in this movie is is all from Oliver Stone. And the dialogue in this movie is so I'm not wanting to say like meta, but it's just like 
you, you can't imagine the movie now without these one-liners. Yeah. You know? Well, Honestly. and like, it's, it's interesting, you know, that group of filmmakers <laughs> that, be, that came after the golden age of Hollywood, Spielberg, De Palma, Lucas, Coppola, he, you know, like you said, Johnny, he's the, out of all of those guys, he's probably the darkest filmmaker out of all of them. Like if you just, just look at his filmography. So. Do you think De Palma, and, and I know we're kind of getting off subject of just the movie, but I feel like De Palma is probably the one out of all those directors you named that probably, and maybe Oliver Stone, but they both in this movie have probably the most biggest balls as far as like what they want to write in the movie and what they don't want left out in the movie. Like they don't have, they have no issue telling the, the ratings program to, you know, fuck it. Eat it. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, you know, you you really I think out of all those guys, De Palma's the one that's I wouldn't I, I would say people don't take him seriously because obviously, you know, I mean, obviously Scarface out of all his films is probably the most recognizable. But like even something like later his career with like the Black Dahlia, that's one that a lot of people just put over as being terrible. But it that's a very uh, dark neo crime thriller that really works, honestly. So I think, yeah, I mean, it. You, you know what you're getting into, it, like Tarantino. You know what you're getting with a De Palma movie. So it's just if it you you put in Scarface, and you're just like, oh my god, this is so excessive. Then clearly you haven't seen any of his movies. Would you? Yeah. Would you guys think of the one-liners? Were they too much for you? Did you giggle at some of them? They're classics. I mean, honestly. <clears throat> That you know, games have used it, TV shows use it, celebrities use it here and there, or have used it. Songs have used it. So I mean, they're. I got my to me they're classics, and I don't break them for nobody. <laughs> Speaking of game, I'm glad you brought that up. What did you did you guys? You know, I feel like without this film, you still had heavy gangster movies back in the day, but without this movie. I think this was probably one of the biggest movies influenced by Grand Theft Auto. I don't oh, know yeah. if you I don't know if you have Grand Theft Auto without this movie. I don't think you have a lot of video games like that without this movie. Um, what about they, the, they the, also what about the Scarface Rockstar game? also made, yeah. Rockstar made the Scarface. Anybody uh, anybody play it? I did. Yep. I have not. Um, it's it's interesting video game because the video game picks up right after the movie is as if he survived. So it's almost like a sequel if you play the video game or if you go you want to go check out some videos online. Um, the video game picks up as if he survived. So very, very interesting. Hmm. So is this um, like an alternate, like, what if he survived? Like, what would he have done next or whatever? Yeah. Pretty much. Hmm. Um, what about meeting Frank, played by uh, the great Robert... Uh, Logia, what'd you guys think of uh, Frank in this movie? Frank is obviously the the old school veteran. He's got his own. He, he is the the crime boss in the movie, and you can tell right off the bat, you know, Tony's breaking his back for him, so he he trusts Tony, and it's just a matter of time until Tony overtakes what what uh, Frank has built. Very true. What I like about that character is that he really does set the ground for grounds for what's going to happen later in the film. You know, he says, "Watch your watch your." competition's money and most importantly don't get hooked on your own product don't get and, greedy. Uh, what, what, what happens what happens to tony by the end of the film <coughs> you know he's he's pushing his own and other people's faces into cocaine and all that cocaina 
Uh, you get a young Michelle Pfeiffer in this movie. It's very young. I think she was like 18 yeah. when she shot this. She's also uh, lost a lot of weight for this movie. I think she said she started like 90 pounds and tried to lose more weight as the filming got on. So, Wow. Um, <clears throat> Stephen Bauer, Bauer plays Manny. What'd you guys think of Manny, who's actually the only real Colombian in this movie, hung out with Al Pacino for three months straight and taught him everything he needs to know about the accent? I thought he is a good uh, yin and yang to the char- I guess to the character, the opposite of. I will say, like, I didn't realize on that, like, the, especially from the first watch, like how much of a hothead Tony is. Just like oh, yeah. you look at him, you say something, he's just he's just gonna go off on you. The moment well, from uh, when he started doing the dishes and they were in the sandwich shop. Yeah. Uh, but Manny's very much the complete opposite. Hey, like, cool down. Let's think about this. He's the... The, the morality. Or morality. The morality of Tony that really... Unfortunately, I, I'm curious if you guys think. I don't know how I feel. It makes sense what happens to him ultimately with his character. But at the same time, it's just like... I, I kind of thought that he would get away, honestly. Tony? <laughs> uh, Manny, by the Manny. end of the film. Like, maybe he would just come to his senses and said, I can't be with you, Tony, and just, just leave. So. Um, I feel like it's, you know, I kind of agree. Um, it's his loyalty to Tony that eventually gets him in the long run. Well, that and his sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, you meet the mom, you meet the sister, um, what'd you guys think of the, not, I'm not wanting to say gross. I don't want to use that word, but the over, uh, protectiveness of Tony and his sister, Gina played by See, Mary Elizabeth. I think out of everything in this movie, that's the family drama of him, his mother knowing just what he is and just what he's, what, what he know obviously what she knows he's going to become. That was the most powerful stuff of the movie. Like, even though he's trying to do good, he's trying to bring the money. He looks after uh, Gina and, you know, everything in between. It's not good enough. It's never going to be a good enough. You could freaking rule the world as, you know, as Tony wants to do. It, 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 his mother, her, his mother doesn't care. He knows what I, does it, is there a line in the movie that says like, you become what your father is or something like that? I, 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 feel I don't like think it ever, I don't, I don't, I think she, accuses him of, of, of doing what he might have done but right. uh i don't think the father is really brought up in this no i know he's not in the movie but i just thought like maybe you know you're you're your father's son or whatever and that and that to me was like the most powerful powerful part of the movie um zach you said you kind of dreaded going into this after after the initial watch what kind of you know and, and all the dust has settled what kind of feelings now do you have towards just like maybe some of the the bases of the movie were there any parts for you zach that like kind of dragged and then ed if you want to answer after you can you know what i gotta say where did it kind of surprise you i was dreading this watch because initially before i did the rewatch i just didn't think it was a very good movie i think this movie is like completely drawn out overrated it's overrated i like i don't and and Ed, if Ed or Johnny, you have an answer. If you have, if you have an answer, you, what your opinion is, I, I just want to hear it. Why do you think this movie is so beloved? At the at the end of the day, is it just like the the notion of just taking world the way you want it? I I think this movie. And if you want me to go, I'll go first. If that's fine. 
Uh, I, I think this movie is so at least loved for the simple fact of it's the American dream. It's everybody. It, it's what everybody wants to do, but nobody has. Like Tony says in the movie, "I'm what everybody wants to be, but you guys don't have the fucking balls to do it, or nobody has the guts to take over, or you know." He tells the truth, and people don't like it. I think it's just the his personality and the way he's hungry about it. Uh, you know, the way he just goes after it. I think that's why what makes this film so popular. You know, and there wasn't back in the day there wasn't an episode of MTV Cribs that you didn't see where somebody didn't have something in their house due to Scarface. Everybody yeah. wanted something to do with this movie. And I think it's just, you know, it's it's the go-getter mentality of, I want to be my own boss. I don't want to break my back as a dishwasher, like he says in the movie. You know, who who's... All three of us right here, probably watching the movie, and are, is thinking at the time where he's getting the money out of the van and going to the bank, We one of us would be lying if we said, man... I want that right now. Doesn't well, matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter how he came about it. We want it. Well, and I think one of the one of the, the one of the coolest symbolism images of the film is at the beginning where they are, you know, him and Manny are like the, in the cook the cook truck or the food truck food truck, and they're across the street from Little Havana the club. It's almost like the the dual reality of their situation of. They they want that they want the real little Havana so bad, but they're stuck in like this um, alternate fake version of it. Essentially, I think <clears throat> Johnny or one you are very 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 on point for that matter. I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't want to go this route because don't get me wrong, right. we kind of seen how it goes in in, in a lot of cases. Uh, but as far as like the American dream, like you know, to do your own business, to own your own house and your own cars, and nobody can practically tell you what to do. That that is the American dream, right there, man. I mean, you know, and it, it <clears throat> I think a lot of it just slips out of people's hands. But I mean, at the same time, like if you if you ask the same question about why are GTA, why is GTA so popular, it deals with a lot of the same stuff. You know, uh, why is Call of Duty so popular? It doesn't deal with a lot of the drugs and stuff like that, but it does deal with going and doing a military thing. But a lot of people who play it don't do not do anything military-wise. You know, you know it, people's it, it, imagination. And I love that this movie is so detailed because, you know, they keep reminding you that Tony came from nothing. Even in the bus on the way to Miami, you know, mm -hmm. he, he asked Manny, he's like, what'd you tell him? He's like, I told you what you wanted me to tell him. I told him I was in a sanitizer. And he's like, you know, no, you fucking dummy. You're, you were in a sanitarium. You know, so it's just stuff like that, the detail to the movie, even to the scene where, um, uh, who is it, Omar and Tony get the, uh, they, they get the, the job settled pretty much with, uh, is it Salazar? Sosa. Yes. Yeah. Sosa. Sosa. Yeah. So Tony and Omar is sitting there with Sosa. And they're getting ready to get the deal. And Omar's telling him, like, no, no, shut up. You don't know nothing. When at the end of the day, Omar's the undercover who's getting ready to get his fucking, getting ready to get hung. But the detail in this in this scene that I want to dish out is Tony came from so much of nothing that he's drinking and eating the lemon water that is meant to clean your hands in the movie. 
yeah. he does he doesn't know you know he 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 looks at it as like a refreshing uh snack you know but it's something that you're supposed to be using to clean your hands the right. de- the, the detailedness of this movie is just something i i, I haven't you know I, I wanted to just touch on today because it's so it's just so fascinating that that amount of detail is put into this movie and the same thing that that sosa falls in love with tony for is the exact same thing that frank falls in love with tony for is you know he he's not going to lie to you he's going to break his back for you but he's going to he's going to tell you how it is but i feel like frank but i think that's the fall of frank is that he wants to be that so bad that he knows it i hate to use this metaphor but it's just like we know that in star wars Anakin becomes stronger than Palpatine and Obi-Wan and all that. Like, at the end of the day, he, uh, Frank knows that Tony's going to become more powerful than him at some point. And I think that's what scares him. That's And that's why we get the assassination attempt on him in the club. He he also gets the the eyes. You know, he, he, he tells Manny it's the eyes. You know, uh, he, he can tell that Frank is weak. <laughs> he can tell that Frank is, is jealous. He can tell that Frank wants to be Tony. But Tony also wants to be Frank as far as the power and the greed. But Frank tells Tony, you know, if you want to last in this business long enough, you can't be greedy, you know. Yeah. Can't get hooked on your product, yeah. Uh, so. you, you talk about the assassination scene. What did you guys think, you know, a little bit before that, he sees Gina in the club getting groped by, you know, one of the other greasers. And uh, Tony, Tony follows him to the bathroom. After the bathroom scene is where the assassination takes hit on Tony. Yeah. I, and I forgot about that. I forgot that there was, you know, he, they try to kill him off early in the movie, but fails, obviously. Um, and I like how it goes back to Frank. You know, <laughs> I like Al's, Al Pacino's performance in that scene. He's just, he's very calm. He's not his hot-headed self. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to play the cards right and you're going to tell me exactly what happened. And that, and that, and that, it is, that is a really great scene acting wise. Um, and just by the end of it, you know, um, Robert Loggia is li- literally on his knees begging for life. And it's just so, you know, that, that, that is what you want to see in your character, especially a very anti-hero type character that, you know, you really shouldn't root for, but you know, you do because, you know, obviously. So, what do you think about it, Ed? It's kind of <clears throat> it's kind of one of those things to where the power starts. I don't know if maybe going to his head is the right word or not, but the power starts kind of making him do a lot of different things that maybe he wouldn't have done earlier, you know. Uh, but very protective over family members, very protective over, you know, what he's trying to build, different things like that. So, you know, it's kind of a thing, like, if you had a business, legal or illegal, whatever, how would you treat it? How would you, if you were doing a hell of a lot better in life, like, if you won the lottery, how would you treat family members? How would you treat friends? How would you treat people around you? Mm-hmm. Everybody says, oh, it's a certain way. No, I wouldn't. Money wouldn't change me, but at the same time, it was. Is that reality, or you know what I mean? So it, it's kind of in the same, in a in a way, the same exact thing. You know, in this case, money, money and power changed him a lot. Well, and I also you know? think that it also like it makes him paranoid, especially after the assassination you know? attempt. 
And plus, he's doing wait, maybe a little bit too much coke. But well, he, but but he gets, in the same thing with that paranoia, in the same thing, you got to go back to what Juan just said, like not even four minutes ago. He knew Frank was weak. He knew that you know I can take that over if I try hard enough. I can take it over, and I know I can. You look in his eyes; he's not the guy. You know, I'm the guy. You know? But there's also the like the big the montage after uh, Frank and uh, Bernstein, which is the crooked cop that says, "Hey, you know, you want protection? You're going to pay me this so many times a month or whatever." You know, her, him, and uh, what's what's Michelle Pfeiffer's character's name? Olivia, 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 Olivia. Olivia, they get married. They move into this like huge mansion with all types of security cameras all over the place. I feel like wasn't there like bars on the door, on the windows, and everything. Yeah, just so much. I gotta look. I always gotta look. Keep looking behind me. That you know, I gotta trust this guy or that guy or you know, you need to be with me while I'm in the and in, in the jacuzzi cub in the middle of the in the middle of the house. You know, because once he started building that empire, he knew he had. He couldn't. He couldn't slip up. He couldn't be right. off guard. He had to be twenty four seven, three sixty five, a thousand percent on guard. And I mean, they're wrong just because she's stupid enough to get messed up does not mean I'm stupid enough to get messed up. You know, is what he thought. So I got. I got to point out is a great scene by the way when he's in the tub and she's off doing her thing and Manny's mm -hmm. right there. Just the dialogue in between. The two is just so funny when when she says something, he's like he looks around like he didn't hear it. You know, like where's the noise coming from? You know, who's mm -hmm. saying this shit? I think it's just it's 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 funny. Um, you know, this movie this movie didn't get nominated for any big awards. The biggest thing it got nominated for was a score at the Golden Globes, best supporting actor. Um, I. And, and then uh, Brian De Palma got nominated a Razzie for worst director of the year. I mean, and I mean, back in 1983 when it was original when it was originally released. I mean, it was a. <laughs> I mean, it, it is not. It was not at all received the way it was now. I mean, it, initial critical reception was negative, due to the excessive violence, profanity, and graphic drug use, and many, you Cubans in Miami really hindered the, the fact and the idea of the portrayal of Cubans in this movie. Um, but obviously since then, you know, I think if we were to re, re redo the Oscars of that year, I'm pretty sure at least get nominated for Best Picture and Al Pacino and Director and everything. Um, speaking of which, I wanted to talk about Pacino's performance a little bit. I feel like and if I'm wrong, you guys can tell me. I mean, truthfully. I feel like Pacino is a little over the top in this film. Um, and maybe that's just the way the character's written, just the success of just all the excessiveness of this world and care and just the way he is. Um, I, don't, I don't know. what do you guys think? It, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. I know that's just the character and just how he portrayed it. But to me on this rewatch, it was just kind of like, okay, we could, we could maybe draw back a little bit. Do you think he's too loud mouth and obnoxious? Not so much that. It's just his performance a little bit. It's just kind of like over the top. Yeah. I think for somebody who is not Colombian, I think it is a little over the top. But like you said, I think you needed somebody who was going to be a hot headed, loud mouth, uh, you know, 
take no shits given kind of guy. Um, so I, I think you can look at it both ways. What do you What do you think, Ed? I. Yeah, I mean, honestly, whenever you go ahead and kind of go down to it. <clears throat> But I think that's what makes the character Tony Montana. Like, that's what makes this movie yeah. Scarface. You know, well, if, if the actor... And you, also, and you also have to realize that, you know, he was... At, Al Pacino was in The Godfather about 10 years before this. So, you know, if you're going to play another gangster, you have to do something completely different. So that's... Michael Corleone is much more saying he's much more calculated you don't really know what he's thinking but well, when, Michael, when, when michael got when michael got heated though you saw he does the same thing tony, yeah you saw little tony yeah. montana if you go back and watch <laughs> both movies yeah i mean true. he just seemed more put together to where tony just seems more driven if that makes sense that's 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 a good point tony is hungry at the beginning of the movie, and he's willing to do and kill and do whatever it takes to get where he wants to be, because he knows um, that low life. He knows that I'm I'm in the gutters. Yeah. I'm in I'm, I'm in the trench. I want well, to get to the penthouse. Well, on the I'm opposite coming. side, of, on the other on the other on the opposite side of the coin, Michael Corleone. It's handed down to him. He doesn't want it initially, but it, it he's he's the he's the this prodigal son that's going to take the business over. It's like having the, the, the king that was born versus the king that pulled out the sword from the stone. Oh, is this a preview? <laughs> is this a preview for next week's episode? <laughs> I mean, to say, you know, well, I mean, honestly, kind of, you know, okay, you've got one that doesn't want to be, but it's his birthright. He's yeah. supposed to be the king of men. You know, he doesn't want it, but he's a damn good leader. He's a damn good fighter. You know, and then yeah. you've got the other who's who's basically fighting so hard for it, but eventually that's what kills him. When, exactly. When Tony's getting ready or he thinks that he's going to prison and you get the bank issues, you know, the bank dealer comes to Tony and you have that 15 to 20 minute window of, you know, the, the tax invasion kind of stuff. Even then, are you guys twiddling your fingers or is it still keeping you intrigued in that <sighs> in that time frame? It's keeping me intrigued because it's just as a character piece and as a viewer, you want to know how how's he going to get out of this situation, especially since he's dealing with the feds. Yeah, it's almost kind of like the original uh, Walter Wright Breaking Bad situation, where it's just like, okay, so like he's in like the worst possible cornered in four boxes type situation. How's he going to get out of this? And that leads into. Uh, the political the political activate uh activist assassination attempt which that's that's his downfall but it also shows you he's not well there there is a line he's not willing to cross he's not willing to kill women he's not willing to kill kids and when you see them both get into that car you're just like okay so is he still need to save his own ass is he still going to pull the pull the trigger and he doesn't and that arguably is the beginning of the end for him. Yeah, that's why you don't get into politics and you don't get into religion either. So he, you know, he that sponsored that's, by sponsored and, by Ed twenty twenty four. And you know, Sosa told him earlier in the film, you know, don't don't fuck me, Tony, don't fuck me. And I mean, when you're working for the man, when Sosa's the boss, unfortunately, if you may not agree with what he wants you to do, but I you mean, if he's putting it. yeah, if he's putting bread on the table, 
keep the socks on, no looking in the eyes. But that's the thing. I feel like there's a part of me that's just like if Ed's got smelly socks too. <laughs> I feel like, and I feel like they're what you know. Tony tried to explain. Look, their daughter, his daughter's and wife was in the car. You know, I. That's a line we don't cross. But like you said, Johnny, Sosa says do it. You do it, no matter what the casualties are. You Would know? you guys take out the whole entire thing, the whole generation? Both generations. The, 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 the dining scene with Manny and Michelle Pfeiffer's last that's the last time you see her in the movie. You know, again, Crazy. more de more detailing uh writing when it comes to Tony explaining to Mary, like you know, she don't even have a, a toxic free womb for him to fucking put a kid in there. He wouldn't even trust a womb with a kid. Some harsh stuff. What do you guys think well, of some of that dialogue? When he says that she's just an infertile junkie, the look on Michelle Pfeiffer's face is just like Damn, that, that is like the lowest of blows you could possibly tell someone. And I like, and I like how I'm, I'm, and I'm surprised Michelle Pfeiffer didn't get more praise for this because that that scene, she's she's excellent in that scene because you just so yeah. like you're kind of like with her on this. It's like, please punch him in the face. Do it, please. We don't, I don't care if people are around or not. Because that's kind of the that's kind of the lowest of the low for you know an insult to a female is is you know that that's. That's pretty yeah. harsh. I mean, the honestly, inability to have kids. Yeah, that's a pretty harsh one. I mean, honestly, that that that's. But in and not not really in Tony's defense, she knew what she was getting into, because yeah. he wanted somebody to build that empire with. He wanted kids. He wanted he wanted all that stuff. But you know? it doesn't help in every other scene. She's doing blow, so it's just yep. like, you know, you kind of you know, get what he's saying. Yeah, you can't even wake up to fuck me. You know. Don't 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 get high on your own supply. That's how many you know. how many how many uh, Tony Montana personations have we done in this episode? Hey, I'm not surprised one. I'm not I'm, I'm surprised I'm not doing the whole movie in, in Tony's <laughs> voice. I better those goddamn cockroaches. Um, I'm surprised, and I know this movie wasn't loved by many when it came out, but like Michelle Pfeiffer's performance. Uh, Tony's performance. If I had to pick one Tony performance that I think could have got him the nod, it was that scene where he's leaving the diner and he's explaining to everybody why you hate me and there's yeah. never going to be another bad guy who did it quite like me. So it's yeah. got to be the bad guy. I'm here to be blamed. Basically. Like, oh, I mean, I, I thought it was like after he kills his, be his best friend, his like second in command, kind of the realization of like you know, maybe I did go too far and Gina did love him and he's just silent all the way back to his office and it's just like because yeah, he protected what, what, what his business. I, that's but he like, fucked over his family. But at the end of the day, like he realizes what have I become? You know, we set out to do something and now I'm just like this cocaine addict crazy dude now. Cause if, you if, know, if he, he thought he is let, let's let's look at it this way. If he wasn't high and if he wasn't on as much blow as he was at the end of the movie. Yeah. A fantasy book. Do you think he would have survived, or do you think ultimately his death was was set in stone, or do you think he would have just prolonged it? It depends. There's a few things that I think set it up. There was a few things that could have like prevented it, or maybe it would have gone in a different way. You know, it, I eventually. Think, I, ahead, I think at the end of the day, when you tell a story like this, where the ultimate goal for our characters have just so much excess that I think. I think you have to kill Tony by the end of the film because it's just his dream, his ambition, his, like I said, his excessive need of wanting everything. 
that that's what that's what gets him killed at the end of the day. Essentially. I think maybe if he wasn't high, I don't think he would have killed Manny. No. Did you like the the Terminator looking dude ultimately <laughs> ultimately takes him out by the end of the at the end of the movie? Oh, yeah. That's uh that's Juan Claude Van Damme. Juan Huh? <laughs> and there it is, folks. Turn in next week. <laughs> um, so man, he he kills Manny off. Gina ultimately, you know, dies as well. And all these gangster movies that we've talked about, which technically we've only—I don't know how—we haven't talked about it more than we have. It's always the innocent that that, that get it, you know. Not necessarily saying Gina's completely innocent, but right. Out of the well, three, she gets she ultimately she gets like caught in the crosshairs. Essentially, yeah. like he's aiming for Tony, and he, I, I think he like catches it out of the corner of his eye, or hears the gunshot and jumps out of the way, and Gina takes the bullets. What do you guys think of her line in that movie though, where she's like, you know, Tony, do you do, do you want to do you want to fuck me? You know, you, you don't want any other guy to look at me or touch me. Here I am. Why don't you come over here? You know, what do you think the whole the whole storyline of the brother and sister toward is he obviously he's a little way overprotective but, but it's it's creepy almost but i think that's the point i think at the end of the day the way maybe oliver stone wrote it or maybe even how al pacino portrayed the character is the idea of i had to do the dirty work i had to kill the people i had to move the drugs you're pure you're innocent i don't want you caught up in this line of work or caught up in this life and ultimately the poison or the cancer or whatever you want to call it it touches everybody and you know gina was a casualty of casualty of that essentially casualty of war yep so right before tony you know is getting under attack and he's sitting there with a mountain of cocaine in front of him how many of you guys did you guys want to go build a snowman with tony montana <laughs> The fact that he just buries his face in this is like, it's just like, you know what? These are your final, literally final minutes of life. Just go all out. But, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit longer than what it was. It's literally the last nine minutes of the movie is complete chaos. Yeah. And, it, you know, I looking back, looking at the movie that was, you know, 250, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be one of those movies that feels three hours. It it does not to me. I was able to watch it twice in three days, and it it goes by so fast for me. And I know these are two different, completely different films, but I mean, it's a lot like Oppenheimer, where like the climax of the movie is like the last like nine minutes, and it's just yeah. a lot of people, a lot around, a lot of people just sitting around talking and cussing each other out, essentially. <laughs> you know, how do you guys feel about that? We have a three movie span where all three movies are over nine hours long together. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It's a girthy December, right? Everybody wants a girthy December, you know what I'm saying? It's a girthy winter. Winter is coming. The end needs to be girthy. So, so, I mean, obviously you get the most iconic scene, you know, and he's probably arguably one of the, at least gangster-wise, say hello to my little friend, and, you know, he goes out, guns a-blazing. Do you think, you know... It would have been cool to see like how audiences reacted to that when it first came out. Do you think that scene still holds up in, oh, yeah. 40 years later? Yeah, I just watched that scene. I put it on all my social medias. That scene is just, 
you know, he picks up his gun, he cocks it, he's getting ready to go out there. He knows he's getting ready to die. It's just a matter of when am I dying, you know? And he I'm says, go out so, on my own. Yeah, he says it so loud and politely, and then boom, the chaos happens, and it's uh, it's fun, you know. If 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 anything, if you've never seen Scarface and you're not into gangster flicks and you're not you know, you're you're not into Al Pacino or drugs. It's not any of your. Obviously, it's not going to be a lot of people's cup of tea. But if you're a film fan and you're a film enthusiast and you love movies, I think you have to at least watch this movie one time. I don't think you can be a movie goer and not have seen this movie. Do you guys agree? Take another question. Shalom me in the morning. Shit. Ed sounded like an Italian fucking Elvis right there. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I, yes. I, do yourself a favor. It's on Netflix. It turns yeah. forty years old this year. There's a in couple three of, days. Yeah, there's some a couple people, theaters. There's a couple people, theaters showing it for its fortieth anniversary. So, oh. oh, some people don't even live that long. This movie, oh, I know. This movie has lived and has surpassed fortieth anniversary. So, so I, even if it's at home on Netflix, check it out if you've never seen it. Um. Before we go on to favorite scenes, the last thing you see is uh, Tony Montana face down in his uh, little pond in front of his house. And the, the statue, the world is yours, is right there. Um, yep. Zach, do you have a favorite scene? Um, Drama-wise, I'd probably say when he comes back to uh, see his family, his mother and sister, and just, just the, the utter disappointment that the mom has for him is just it's it's very powerful and then i mean you gotta say you gotta say the say hello to my little friend scene is always you know classic um and then probably the the jacuzzi scene where he's just like you know he thinks everyone's against him and by that point you know that you you clearly know that he doesn't love his wife at all it's just he just he, she's just there just for money and drugs essentially um so yeah, I'd say that those couple scenes. What about you, Ed? Uh, definitely the uh, say hello to my little friend scene. Uh, after that, that that that's just pure gold. I mean, honestly, that was just pure cinematic gold. Addition. Uh, <laughs> like back then, today, like that would have been very powerful. That that right there, man. Oof. That's all I can say, man. Because, I mean, when he goes ahead and comes up with that M4 with the uh, with the grenade launcher, you know shit's about to go down. And, I mean, they're wrong. He just piled into the bowl. and oh. the, yeah. the one-liners from the great Oliver Stone, uh, those are all favorites for me. Um you know, uh, when he's like, life is like one big pussy, you just got to fuck it. It's just funny. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, it's funny coming out of Al Pacino's mouth. Bro, um, we, we wouldn't have had as many good one-liners that 50 delivered without this movie. Like, yeah. legitly. Um, anytime he's uh, talking to uh, Frank when he's trying to let, you know, the, 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 the chemistry between him and Frank before everything goes down is fun. Um. I like the scene where he's using the lemon water to eat. He's eating the lemon, drinking the fucking water. I think that's so detailed. Um, 
you know, and uh, if I had to pick one ultimate scene, it would be um, probably the scene where he comes to uh, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character before he, Tony dies, and he's like, you know, I need that woman in order to be the next best thing, you know, in order to go to the next level, I need that female. And his conversation with her at the pool is uh, is pretty deep, honestly, if you go back and watch it, talking about kids and talking about how he needs that kind of person in his life. Um, but yeah, some favorite scenes from ours. Go back and check out the movie. It's on Netflix. Um, <clears throat> the next time we join you, audio-wise, will be next Wednesday, December 13th, we talk Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. It's the 20th anniversary of the movie that went 12 for 12, I believe, at the Oscars. Um, one Best Picture. We're also talking our top five favorite movies from 2003. Um, but if you want to watch us talk about Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, we're going to be talking about it live this Sunday, Sunday, December the 10th. We're talking Lord of the Rings. Uh, so if you want to watch it live, it's going to be on Sunday, December the 10th. For everybody out in podcast land, or if you've listened to it on Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, it'll be available next Wednesday, just like all of our other episodes are. We're everywhere, damn it. You can't hide from us. Can't hide from us. Um, but yeah, let's give the movie uh, a star rating. I don't know... Uh, you know, I don't know how much of Ed's own supply he's on, but we'll he'll go last. <laughs> Ed'll go last. So, uh, you know what? I, I was kind of on the fence of this movie. Where should it lie in between? Um, I, I kind of knew that I was going to go maybe eight or nine, but after watching it and seeing the detail that's in it and just appreciating all two hours and 50 minutes of it, uh, I love fucking gangster movies. I'm going to give this movie a 10. I think Scarface is a classic. It holds up, at least for me, on this uh, third watch that I've seen in three days. Um, who doesn't want to be Tony Montana? The performances, the writing, the score. Uh, it's a fun movie. And you know what? This this 4K edition, the transfer was amazing. So uh, I highly recommend it. Ed, what about you? What do you give it, Scarface? I would go ahead and say a nine. Definitely a nine. Uh, this is up there with a lot of the... A lot of the big guys, it, it can play ball. So, Zach, uh, I'm gonna go lower. Just <clears throat> it, it, like I said, you know, it's a film that I understand why people like it. Just in my personal opinion, you know, it's not one that I gravitate towards. Um, I do think there are a lot of good moments in this film. Um, obviously, it's test surpassed the test of time since we're at 40 years this week. This week. Um, I, I, I'm going to give it a seven. Honestly, I I feel it's like that bad. is a low. I feel like that's a low grade, but just like I said, you know, we talked. IMDb has it at an eight. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, and you know, it. It's probably it, higher than what you were going to give it last week. Yeah, before I watch it, it's probably going to be like a six or a five, to be honest. So, I like I said, it, it's one that I I get it, but I don't get it. It's it's just one that you know. I'd rather watch The Godfather or The Irishman or you know something else. So Still some that's, great gangster movies. So, 
Uh, like I said, guys, next week we are on the way back to the Lord of the Rings. Fantasyland. The Return of the King next week. Uh, <laughs> this is the third straight year where we've done a Lord of the Rings movie based on its 20th anniversary. Zach, what are you most looking forward to see next week on uh, next week's episode? Your mute, Zach. Me now? Yeah. Honestly, just kind of finishing out the franchise. You know, we got to do this the last two years and it's been fun really really fun um i'm excited to see johnny you weren't a fan of two towers so i'm excited to, i'm kind of interested to see what return of the king's gonna offer for you um i've watched both we're just talking about the theatrical version i'll bring up i'll talk about the extended here and there just kind of get some uh context words and everything about what happens in between but yeah i'm excited to finish off Lord of the rings trilogy what about you ed uh, honestly, it's it's a very good uh, it's a very good movie. It's a great ending to uh, the trilogy, the original trilogy. Uh, it ties up a lot of good ends. It does a lot of good stuff for the characters. It just it's a great movie. Uh, <clears throat> well deserved of most of its uh, most of its accolades. I mean, honestly, well deserved. So. And then the week after that, guys, week three of December, we talk about Sound of Freedom. And then we finish the month and the year with our top five plus five Christmas movies of all time. Um, but as far as next week goes, Return of the King, excited. It's a girthy watch. Uh, Zach, where can listeners or viewers watch Return of the King? Um, you can watch both versions of theatrical and extended if you're interested on the Max. So uh, go go max it up. Max it up. Watch along with us. We talk about it next week. We also talk, since the, the great year 2003 was 20 years ago, we're also talking our top five 2003 movies. All that is next week. Um, so as far as Scarface goes, any uh, any final comments before we get out of here? Uh, we could, but we probably get canceled. So. We'll just leave it at that. All right, guys. No, don't man. forget... Oh, Ed, you have something to say? No, I said no, nah, man. So next week, Return of the King, brand new episode. Don't forget, if you want to watch us talk about Return of the King, we'll see you this Sunday. Um, for everybody who's wanting to listen to the podcast, next Wednesday, new episode right here of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Bye.